I think that we should restart with a different with a different food. I disagree. Why? Because you have to give her a chance to like it. It takes a while, right? Yeah, but we'll do that later. But why? We'll... What is the purpose of that? Because I don't you want her... You've decided she doesn't like the taste of it, but you have no idea what's actually going on because the whole sensory experience is completely new for her. I don't like the taste of it. That's not, a, that's not the point. You don't like the taste of bananas, but we're still going to give those to her. Yeah, but I can see how it could be enjoyable to someone else. Those... So you're saying that nobody Those strained enjoy... green beans were bitter, which is like a terrible first way to start a kid off. You don't know. We can the way they come taste back things to is it. totally different than the way yeah, they Yeah, they are it. more sensitive because they haven't ruined their mouths with like coffee and No, and their spicy taste buds shit. haven't developed the same way yet. I really think we start with green beans, we should just do it for a couple more days. I'll give her the chance to like them. She's not going to like them. You don't know that. You eat a jar of that. We have two jars of that. You eat the other jar. You eat the no other problem, jar. But that's a pointless thing. And say, mmm, I love it. This is my favorite food. Please make me a cake. Your attitude about this whole thing is wrong, babe. She could have reacted the exact same way to a puree of something sweet. I'm not saying something sweet. I'm saying we can switch to another vegetable. I just that that Didn't particular little thing of green beans that we bought tastes fucking gross. I wouldn't give it to the cats. I wouldn't eat it myself. I don't mind it. It's not that bad. You're fucked up. <laughs> no, I'm not. But babe, it's important for her to eat something. And I feel like you're just saying that to spite me. No, I'm not. Also, I didn't even decide that we were starting with green beans. You made that call. I'm just saying we started with them, so now let's just keep going for a couple days. It's not going to hurt her. It's not going to hurt her to change either. I don't think that's the best way to start feeding her. I don't I think the don't best way to start agree. feeding her is with something that tastes like a million, <laughs> a million buttholes on fire. It's not what it tastes like. That is what it tastes like. Are you just being hyperbolic and you're annoying me? I think you're doing it on purpose and I don't really want to talk to you anymore. Oh, Angie and Jackie sitting on a tree. K I S S I N G. First came love, then came marriage, then came the baby and love. How are we gonna have a Step baby? One, find some sperm. That guy or this guy? Well, he works at a law firm. Step two, you gotta stick it in you. I U I I V F O M G W C F. Three, obsess a lot. I'm gonna pee on this stick and I'm gonna watch the clock. Okay. Step four, repeat the first three. I can't wait until we have a baby. The Baby Mama's Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode number 41, 42, 43, 58, 127, 345 of The Baby Mamas, <laughs> if you all remember us and are still with us. We should, we're not going to apologize for how far apart our podcasts are anymore. No, we're just moms. Because there's a podcast that I listen to and the guy always apologizes because his podcasts are so far apart and I'm like, just don't apologize anymore. Because it's really annoying that you spend five minutes apologizing. Your podcasts just come out when they come out. Yeah. And that's the situation here. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So fuck you, actually. <laughs> no. We take that back. So Sterling is six months old. Mm-hmm. And things are going well. Yeah. She's laughing. She's... 
sitting up on her own. She started eating solid food, which is quite the adventure. Yeah, her poo is disgusting. Oh my god, more disgusting than it was before. It's like a consistent. It's no, the no, consistency no, no. You don't have to. Eat no, you, it tastes mm, really gross too. Oh my god. No, actually, though. She had a poo explosion, and she got it on her hand, and she rubbed it on the wall. And I was like, oh, Jackie, help me, because she was in the bathroom. So you came and helped me. And then I wiped her hand off with a just a wipe. Mm-hmm. And then later on, like she, an hour later... Oh, no, she stuck her poo hand in your mouth. Why are you ruining the ending of my story? I think that was pretty obvious. I think everyone figured out that out. Well, what I was going to say was that... She likes to be put to sleep with her hand in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And so I was putting her to sleep for a nap, hand in my mouth. And then I realized, oh, I never actually washed that hand. I just wiped it off with a wipe. But you know the good news is that she constantly has her hands in her mouth. So she probably sucked all the poo particles off before it went in your mouth. I hope so. It didn't taste pooey. But (laughs) Jackie and I did something bad recently. Bad? Yeah. We're fugitives. Oh, this. <laughs> so we went to a very well-known large chain store that sells furniture that you have to put together yourself. Yeah. Figured that out on your own. But mm. let me premise this, <laughs> preface this, rather, uh-huh. uh, that Jackie is a person, unless you have already figured this out on your own, maybe you have, who follows the rules to a T. I like, like rules. Annoyingly. Yeah. To the point, this is the example that I always give, is that if there's a sign that says road closed, but you can see that the road is perfectly fine, and the destination that you want to get to is maybe half a block up that road, and I turn on that road, Jackie's like, oh, what are you doing? It says road closed. I'm like, but it's fine. What, the road's going to open up and swallow us whole? You don't know or why the road's closed. Or hiding in the bush and they're going to jump out and arrest Maybe. us. Anyway, so it's shit like that. So we go to this large department store where you have to put shit together yourself. We were getting a storage unit among other random bits and bobs because, you know, that's what you do at this store. A storage unit to contain the baby's toys, which generally at that point were just all over the house. And so we get all of our things, and we go up to the front, and we're doing Mm self-checkout, and Angie's, like, checking things out, and I've got the baby in a carrier. And I'm like, okay, so that's it. And she's like, no, no, I haven't haven't scanned this thing, the, like... The storage unit. The main thing that we were there to buy. And I was like, yeah, you did. She's like, no, 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 I haven't. And I kind of gave her a look, like, fucking, yeah, you did. Because there was nobody around, and nobody's paying attention. I was like, dude, this is... I had this moment in my head where I was like... Nobody's going to suspect us. We're moms. We're moms. And if they do realize it, then we'll be like, oh, darn, whoops, baby brain, forgot, and just go and do it. Yeah. So. And Angie was just looking at me dumbstruck like, oh, my God, Jackie's not being Jackie. Totally. I was like, oh, my God. Because I joke about doing stuff like that all the time. You're like, no, Ange, stop it. But in my head I was just like fuck it like what do we have to lose a b I have spent literally thousands upon thousands of dollars at that place mm-hmm. and I kind of thought they don't need it I need it <laughs> so, so I we, didn't feel guilty at all we stole a $120 shelf you keep saying that it was $89 oh 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 anyway because we paid for all of the little bins that go in it we just didn't pay for the actual structure itself right. so we walked out of that place 
Walking on air <laughs> with a five finger discount, bitches. It was and really now great. I think we should just do it every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right? I think if you get too into it, if it's like an intention, I don't know. I think it becomes more obvious. But I left and I was like, "What was that about, Jackie?" I know. Andrew's like, "You surprise me so much," which is sort of nice that after ten. Almost 11 years together that that's still the case. Mm-hmm. That I can still surprise you. I surprised myself with that one, actually. I was kind of like... Well, you didn't actually do anything. All you said was, yes, you did, and gave me, like, a look. And then I was like, oh, And then shit. I walked away, which was <laughs> a little unfair of me. But I was like, whatever, I have to go get these stupid veggie balls, so... Yeah. Anyway, so... That happened. Tip to the wise, if you want to get a... Shelf. Also, though, we're white, so that really helps with people not paying attention to us being sketchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, there was a staff member not that far away. Yeah, no, she came over and helped us scan a different part of our... Yeah, so she had already kind of come over and helped us, so I was like, she's not going to come back and check. She was already mm-hmm. helping, she was helping this old woman who couldn't figure out the self-checkout, which in my head, I'm like, just don't do the self-checkout. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing... Don't do it. Maybe she was trying to steal stuff. I've stolen <laughs> stuff from self-checkout before. I did it with a big thing of Bocconcini from Safeway, and it was because I scanned it three times, and it wasn't recognizing, and I was like, fine, I'm just taking it. It's your fault. If your shit isn't in your computer, and it's not scanning properly, that's not me. And you put it in the bagging area, and it didn't. the, the thing no. system didn't get mad at you? I held on to it. Uh. <laughs> scanned the rest of my stuff and put it in the bag afterwards. Oh, that looks super... If somebody's paying attention, that's pretty clear. But they're not. They never are, because when you actually need them, when it's like, please wait for an attendant, there's no one fucking around. I can't even count the amount of times you've been so frustrated at a store that you've been like, oh, nobody's helping me? Fine, I'm stealing this, I'm walking out with this. You did that at Canadian Tire once. <laughs> I did that at Canadian Tire, I stole a chain. And I literally said, I'm stealing this because no one's helping me, as I was like walking out the door, jingling the chain, <laughs> saying, no one's helping me check this out. It's not working. I'm walking out of the store and everyone's like, just not looking at me or staring at me like, huh? And that was one thing. I wasn't, was I with you? No, I was by myself. Right. If I was, if I'd been with you, I would have been like, Angie, stop it. You just get over here. I would have totally given you shit about that. No. And it was at Christmas time too. So it was like so busy and everyone was just like running around. So, and I was super frustrated because so I was just like, fuck this shit. We're stealing it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. That was some excitement in our lives. (laughs) White collar crime. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Sterling's been getting misgendered a lot. Oh my God. Constantly because we have the audacity to do things like put her in neutral colors and jeans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I find it funny. People's reactions to misgendering her. Mm -hmm. They either get scared that you're going to get mad at them or Mm -hmm. they come up with some sort of excuse as to why they thought that she was a boy. Yeah. And to cover up. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, oh, whoops, okay, he. Or, okay, she. Like, why is it such a, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know why people assume. Well, the thing is, it's weird because I've noticed she can be wearing all pink, which she doesn't very often. But no. We're not big fans of the pink. No, but pink, I mean, pink, we do pink, have pink, pink. pink but yeah. things for her and she does wear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could be wearing, like, a lot of pink. But or... to be fair, anytime she's wearing something pink, you also put her in something blue with it. So people are just like, what? Exactly. But the thing is, they always, if she's wearing anything blue, mm-hmm. assume she's a boy. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, sexist. 
or misogynistic rather, because they'd rather assume she was a boy than assume she was a girl if she were a boy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because it's more offensive to think a boy is a girl than it is to think a girl, girl is a boy. boy because yeah. of the power dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because boys are better, as we all know. Yeah. And then one woman said to you, um, oh, he, and you're like, oh, she, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, I just said that because I have a boy at home. And then yeah. later on you were like, that's not, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. I know, I'm like, I have a wife. That doesn't make me walk around calling everyone she. Like... It's yeah. such a weird thing. I have a cat at home. I'm not constantly like, hey, kitty, kitty. Oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, like, I think the justification thing, it's very odd. It's, like, very informative because people get really defensive about it. What was that? One woman said something about... <sighs> oh, yeah, some woman tried to blame it on us. Yeah. She was like, oh, well, that Sterling is is a, a unisex name. And we're like, yeah, we know. We're not angry at you for thinking she's a boy. And then I was talking to one of our friends about that actually I was like oh people always say he and I don't really care but if you try and correct them and I try not to like straight out correct them I'll just say oh yeah she's like I'll just I will myself will refer to her as she and then yeah. that's I feel like that's like a passive way of letting people know mm-hmm. most of the time I don't correct them and I just don't use any pronouns I'm mm-hmm. like oh yeah time for a nap or yeah we're just going to the store or whatever it is mm-hmm. because I don't feel like I need to have a conversation with every stranger who I'm never gonna see again yeah and be like just so you know she's a girl in case we run into you in like 10 years oh like that <laughs> when we went to get your shoes your runners yeah the male salesperson kept being like, oh, he's so cute. He, he, he. And he kept like, and I was like, oh, they have baby shoes. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, these ones would be good for him. And like pulled out these like super boy, butch looking, like <laughs> light up runners. And I was like, uh-huh. And I just like went with it because I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And There's then, no point. Yeah. It's not doing them any damage. No, but it's just so weird that people are like, it shows that, that like deep rooted like connection and importance we place on gender Mm -hmm. it's so interesting but it's also so fucked up yeah it is it's very strange and i read this book recently called parenting beyond pink and blue you've talked about it i think before have i yeah i think you might have i feel like we've done like two podcasts since (laughs) she was born so i don't even know what the fuck we've talked about that book's really good you should read it i mean a lot of it i already knew and probably a lot of our listeners already know you know like Um, the studies that show that kids aren't that different, Mm -hmm. they don't actually, there's no difference whatsoever in children hormonally until puberty happens. That's what I was going to say that I was talking to our friend about it, how people keep misgendering her. And she was like, you know, I think that's very strange because I think she has a very feminine face. And I was like, really? I think she just looks like a baby. (laughs) Cause that's the whole point. Babies don't... Ha- There's nothing to actually differentiate them except for their genitalia. Mm-hmm. And even then, sometimes it's not that clear. Depends no. on, depending on the kid, right? But there is no physical difference in appearance. There just isn't. No, not no, not at all. And even... So when, when the, the zygote comes together and the embryo is forming, when it decides it's going to be a boy or a girl, there's like a little burst of testosterone in order to sort of like engage the testes to form or whatever Mm -hmm. but then after that boys and girls have the exact same hormones until puberty yeah so So when people say like oh he looks like a boy or she looks like a girl like they don't look like anything they're just kids the only difference is that usually girls when they're toddlers and children their hair gets grown out and they wear dresses and that kind of shit it's all 
social, socially constructed. Yeah. It's not a real thing. And that's, I mean, I don't know if we're ever really going to live in a world where gender doesn't matter, but it would be great if it wasn't such a big focus of who that person is. Mm-hmm. Like it's even the most basic thing. Like who's, Oh, who's a cute baby girl. Why can't you just say who's a cute baby? You know, like in, in the way we talk to babies, it's still so prominent. And it's like, like why? Yeah, they talk about that in the book, how people constantly remind kids and babies of their sex. Mm-hmm. And that teaches them that that's important somehow. Yeah. And that they must know who they are and they must know who's a boy and who's a girl. Mm-hmm. So then when they grow up and someone isn't in or on the gender binary, then they get all confused. They're like, but I need to know a boy or girl. Well, so, like what is the first thing people ask you when you find they find out that you've had a baby. Oh, did you have a boy or a girl? Yeah, which is like fair. I mean, you need to coexist in this world. No, but world. why is that the first question? It like across the board is the first question. Yeah. Like who asked me that and I thought it was super weird. I, oh yeah, I was talking to a psychologist and he asked me cuz I mentioned something about like how we had a baby and that was like, whatever, anyway. And he was like, oh, did you have a boy or a girl? And I was like, a girl? And then he was like, okay. And then he just like completely changed the subject. So it was like, what, what, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Like, yeah. why did you need to know that? Yeah. It, it just, it, I think be, once you become aware of it, you will like the minute somebody says, oh, because you're such a pretty baby girl or something like the minute somebody says something gendered, you're just like, Ugh, it like irks you because you're like, how fucking prominent is this it's a constant mm-hmm. and you i don't want to be like policing everyone's language but sometimes i want to be like is that really important how important is her gender to you because the way you're talking to her is making it seem like it's the most important thing yeah yeah they say that you should you know use other language like instead of saying look at all those boys and girls look at all those kids mm-hmm. hey what's that man over there doing saying what's that person doing so you're you're really just like talking about human beings you're not talking about men or women or boys and girls well because also it just like it informs so much more than just the fact that you're saying boy or girl or man or woman because it doesn't just it's not like who's a cute baby girl it's like who's a pretty baby girl Mm -hmm. who's a tough baby boy or who's like you know what i mean like there's other adjectives that will automatically follow if you're saying girl Mm -hmm. i accidentally called her a princess today and i was like oh How did that accidentally come out of your mouth? Because she was leaning back and I tried to make her sit up and she kept like laying back on these pillows and was just like being tended to and lounging. And I was like, what a princess. And I was like, ah, no, you're not a princess. You're just a relaxed baby. You're an astronaut. You're floating in space. (laughs) But I really like, I really want more people to be aware of it, but I don't want to be that like horrendous bitch that's like, "Mm, can you not use that language around my child? You know? Jackie's niece was over and she's nine and she was, I don't know what she was doing with Sterling. Anyway, she was, Sterling was doing something and she kept saying, oh, good girl. And I kept going, good job. Yeah. And she'd go, good girl. And I'd go, good job. Hoping that she would change her language. She did it like four or five times and I kept going, good job. Yeah. But she never, she wasn't paying attention to me. She's nine. She's not picking up on something. I know. I was just trying to be subtle without being like, hey, stop. We say good job, not good girl, because... We want her to feel good about what she's doing, not But she's also she's nine, so you could say, like, you could ask her about it instead of, like, telling her how to talk to her. You could just be like, hmm, that's interesting. I notice you keep saying good girl. Is there a reason that that's, like, an important thing to you? Yeah. Or just, like, start a, start a conversation about it because I think you can have conversations like that with kids. 
yeah, I did actually have an interesting conversation with her over Christmas because she was, she said, I'm, I'm glad that I'm a girl because I got a lot of makeup for Christmas and, and girls like makeup. And I was like, really? Are you the kind of girl that likes makeup though? And she was like, yeah. And I could kind of see that she was like, what the fuck are you saying? And I was like, I don't really like makeup. I mean, I only wear makeup as like a treat. I only wear it in like really special occasions. I don't wear it every day. Do you think you're going to be the kind of girl that wears it every day? And I was trying to show her that like girls can be some, you can be a different kind of girl. There's more than just one kind of girl. Not all girls love makeup. Not all girls love long hair. Not all girls want to wear dresses. Not all girls do anything Mm -hmm. except have their period. Actually, maybe not even. That's not even true. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, yeah, I think just like little things like that where you can kind of broaden the thinking is helpful, but it just, um... It's not that I never want to refer to her gender, ever. No, and it's not even that we're doing this because we think she might be trans. I mean, that's a possibility. But it's more just like she might encounter a trans person and we just want her to realize that like gender and sex isn't... It's really nothing. It's not informative about A human much. whatsoever. Well, I mean, it is socially. It is in the world we live in because yeah. of the importance we've placed on it. But it, it, it's not a real characteristic. Like, it doesn't actually tell you much about a person. In this book, they talked about how uh, there was a classroom, and there was someone who was observing this classroom, and it was the first day of school, and the kids were doing whatever they did on the first day of school, and then afterwards, this observer went and talked to the teacher and was like, tell me about the kids on their first day of school, and the teacher's like, well, you know, the boys just run in, and they start getting into everything, and... And then the girls kind of are more timid and they stand back and they observe and, and, and you know, they, they hide behind their parents for a little while. And, and she sort of had this very super gendered way, super of, gendered describing way of describing it. And the observer who was there was like, more boys were timid that day and stayed close to their parents than the girls did. But because this teacher was expecting boys to act a certain way and girls to act a certain way, she like completely misremembered the events of the day. Yeah, her perception changed yeah. based on things she thinks she knows be- because of gender stereotypes. Yeah. And they did that with kids, too. They did. They would read them a story where girls would end up doing something that goes against their gender, like saving the day or doing something adventurous. Oh, and then, God, how horrid is that that that's something against a female I know. stereotype? It's, it's, it's just awful. And then they would, uh, they would have them talk about the story back to a person or write about it or whatever. And I think it was like 80% of the kids would swap out the female for the male in the story. If they'd done something that was not more typically female. Yeah. Basically, if they'd done something more awesome. Yeah. And then they also asked them something else that was interesting in the book is they also asked them, asked a bunch of girls why they thought there was, had never been a female president. And of like eight out of 10 of them said, because they thought it was illegal for women to be Mm. the president. Uh, we're, that, that makes me think of this book that we bought for Sterling, which I love, and I read to her every night, and it's called Bedtime Stories for Rebel Girls, mm-hmm. and it's the fucking coolest thing. It's a kick, it was a Kickstarter ca- campaign that's, like, one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns ever, I think, or just for books. I don't remember what the specifics of, of that are, but anyway, it's, it's so cool. It's a, it's a hundred different stories of women. Real women who existed, but written in like a bedtime story f- format. So it's like one page, and it has these really amazing uh, illustrations with each one. Um, all the illustrators are female. All of the authors are female. All of the subjects are female. It's like 
a fucking unicorn of a book <laughs> for girls. It's not for girls, actually. It's f- it's about girls. Well, it says the Rebel stories. Good night stories for Rebel girls. Yeah. It says it's for girls, but... But I think it's equally as important for... I mean, we've given a copy to three different friends for their kids, and two of those people have sons. Because we're like, why wouldn't a boy need to read this? Yeah. They need to know women can do all this shit, too. Mm-hmm. But it's so cool, because... Sterling's going to grow up with this totally different perspective. Yeah, and it's real women from history. So it'll have, like, Hillary Clinton in there. It has the Bronte sisters. It has... Like, warriors from, like, centuries ago. Um, Tonight we read about... um, I can't remember her name. An Apache warrior uh, who had, like, basically said, I don't want to... Her brother was, like, the leader of her tribe. And she told him, I don't want to get married. I don't want to learn how to do female things. I want to learn how to fight and hunt. So he taught her how to fight and hunt, and she was like his right hand, and she was super cunning. And uh, once he, her, when her brother died, she ended up joining Geronimo, <laughs> and they eventually were captured. But she was like a fierce warrior, and there's so many stories in this book of fierce female warriors who either their husbands were too weak to lead, or their husbands died, or their husbands were useless, and they just some of them pretended to be men, some some of them just were like, I don't give a shit, I'm gonna take control. And just did, because they were like, I, and, and it's amazing, because you never hear stories like that. Yeah. Never. That's awesome. So, definitely a good gift for your kid. Yeah. Because I was really concerned before we had her. I was like, how are we going to make her, like, a really strong feminist who feels really empowered? Well, the start of that is just no men in her life. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> She actually has quite a lot of men in her life. She just doesn't see them on a daily basis. No. But that's okay. Right? Yeah, because Ange tells me all the time that I'm such a dad. You do, and talking about gender, like this is so dumb, but mm-hmm. the things that I perceive more as dad No, kind not of that you perceive, that the world okay. thinks of as dad things to do. Yeah. Which it's I just don't like Jackie to. is more sort of rough and tumble with her, I guess. Like, she does things like lift her up in the air. Oh my god. I lift her in the air and I don't even let go of her. It's like, you know if you lift a baby up to throw them up but you don't actually throw them? I started doing that with her and Ange was losing it. You started doing it with her at four months. Yeah. Which I felt was a little early. You were wrong. Well, we'll see. She's fine. (laughs) We don't know. And she loves it. It was even like, it wasn't even like rough or Or sometimes you would like hold her up with like one hand... Oh, if I hold her up like she's flying, that yeah. makes you that makes you uncomfortable. Makes me too. so nervous because you think I'm going to drop her. Yeah, because she can throw her weight pretty well at this point. Anyway, I have reflexes so like a cat. You I'm more timid. About. You're more in cautious. Terms of that. Yes. You're a typical mom <laughs> in that you're very cautious and are like, "Hunt, don't do that with her. No, don't do that." Or like, or the oh god. Starting the solids has been really interesting. It's fun. It's really interesting, and, like, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would because I thought I would just be, like, fucking messes everywhere. But you are constantly sure she's going to choke, and I'm always having to tell you, like, no, she's fine. She has a gag reflex. She can swallow some little hard bits, and if she chokes, she coughs she breathes, she works it out, it's part of learning how to eat. And I you just, like, can't handle it. before that. we even had her that I was going to be nervous about that. Because I've been nervous about it with other people's kids. Yeah. 
and I will get over it and I push myself too. Like I keep giving her stuff. I'm not yeah. like, no, let's not give her anything until she has teeth. But I think it's, I also think it's good because I mean, maybe these are typical roles, but you are, you tend towards being far too cautious and I tend towards being maybe a little too lax in certain things. So we kind of balance each other out. Cause if it was, if we were both really cautious, then like we'd never push her to try stuff. And if we were both really lax, then she'd probably get hurt a lot or something. Mm-hmm. But I think we balance each other out pretty well in that, mm-hmm. but it just makes me laugh because you're always just like, oh, uh, ooh. like this one day I gave her a big chunk of apple and I was just like, she, that's a choking hazard. I was like, she can't even fit it in her <laughs> mouth. So it's really not. Yeah. Let's talk about your insecurities about not being seen as Sterling's parent. Yeah, we were talking about this recently that I, when we're out together, I feel like I need to push the stroller or be wearing the baby because she doesn't look like me. So there's no other way for people to know that she's mine. And I, it really like irks me to think that people might not think she's mine. I don't know if she doesn't, she doesn't look like you. She doesn't look like me. No, but to like a she's stranger. She's like fair haired and has blue eyes and I'm like. I don't have fair hair. No, but she looks like you. But I, I don't know if a stranger, if you told someone she was your biological kid, they'd probably be like, I can see it. You always have the same blah, because people do that. They fill in the blanks. Yeah. And people have even done that in our family, in your family, where they're like, oh, uncle so-and-so has this thing and she has that. And then they're like, oh, wait, she's not related. So a stranger isn't necessarily going to be like, that's because I've been out with other people's kids and they thought it was mine. People thought our friend's daughter, who has red hair and green eyes... And looks Russian. And looks like a Russian doll, was my kid. Just because you're a female that's with a child. That's true. I mean, people used to think Taylor was mine. My niece. Well, there's a family resemblance there. But Not really. She's got, like, olive skin and dark brown hair and dark eyes and dark... Like, she's got very dark complexion and dark features. And she doesn't look like me at all. Mm, my mom said the other day... When she was here, she was looking at her wedding pictures. She pointed to her and said, she could be Jackie's daughter. And I said, oh, that's her niece. I know I know that it doesn't matter, but there's just... I think it's just like an extension of like not being blood-related. Mm-hmm. Do you think that'll go away? I think of... I mean, I think... Yeah. Anyway, there's this... This, this story has been going around Facebook and a bunch of social media about this man and woman who work in the same industry. It's some sort of, like, client management or something for the film industry, I think. And they both work under the same email. And he, I guess, was her superior. And he was talking about it, how um, their their boss kept complaining that she was too slow with clients and it took her way too long to get get the work done. She was He was, like, really a taskmaster about efficiency. And he was always complaining about how slow she was. And this one day he had been the, I guess the supervisor guy, not the boss guy. The supervisor guy was like talking to one of her clients that he had actually been taking over for whatever reason. And he's like, I don't know what the deal was. This guy was just being super like, like rude to me and like wasn't taking any of my ideas and was like really disrespectful and I couldn't understand what was going on. And then I realized I had actually been signing the emails as her. And he was like, I was like shocked because the minute I kind of corrected it and said, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm me, and I actually signed it by accident as her, and, and I'm taking over, and he was, like, instantly, the whole behavior changed, the way he communicated with me was different, the way he talked to me, the way he listened, it's like, all of a sudden, he respected everything I was saying, when he didn't before, and I don't think I have any more expertise than she does, 
Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that I'm a guy. Yeah. And so then he actually did, they did an experiment where she was signing as him and he was signing as her for a whole week. And he was like, she's had, she had the most productive week of her life. And I had the worst week of my life. It was awful the way people were talking to me. And he was like, I didn't realize it until this happened that part of her, part of what's taking her so long is she has to convince them to respect her first Mm -hmm. and then she can do the job. Whereas I would be halfway through a client by the time she just got him or her to talk to her like a person. Yeah. And he ended up bringing it to their boss and he didn't buy it. He saw the proof, but he didn't believe it. He was like, no, no, there's something else. She's not as good at the job or whatever. And he was just like, okay, but I'm never harping her on her about how long it takes her to deal with clients ever again, because it's not her fault. She's not doing anything wrong. People are just assholes (laughs) or like not necessarily people are assholes, but that's, that's the world we live in. Misogyny is real. And it's like stuff like that, that, I mean, I, I recently have had sort of a conversation about this in my family, about misogyny, about sexism, about privilege. And I think privilege is a really hard thing for a lot of people to understand. Mm-hmm. For some reason, people hear privilege and they, he, they, the word privilege connotes like a lack of effort or that they don't deserve what they have. Or entitlement. And it's not, it's funny to me because it, I've never taken it that way, but I've also studied privilege. I studied women's studies. That's like the majority of what we talk about. Mm-hmm. And among other things, obviously, race, um, socioeconomic status, like colonialism, all of that. It's like wrapped up in so many different things, but I've never taken it as like a negative for me. I've taken it as a negative for the world that like I have these certain privileges that other people don't have, and it's not fair that they don't have them. Not that it's, like, unfair that I have them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it is unfair that I have them, but it's not my fault. I've never felt, well, I guess I guess I felt white guilt. I've definitely felt some white guilt in my life, which is fine. I think it's good. But it always surprises me when I'm trying to talk to somebody, especially, and I, I hate to stereotype, but the majority of the people that really have a tough time understanding this seem to be white men. Yeah. Straight, cis, white men. And I think it's because they've literally never had to think about it. Because when you're never confronted with your own oppression or with your own inequality, it doesn't seem like a thing that exists. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're so engulfed in this culture where everything makes way for you. Mm -hmm. And you just go through it so seamlessly that you can't even wrap your head around the fact that, like, Especially if you're not an asshole. If you're, like, a good guy who's, like, I'm not calling people racial slurs. I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. Yeah. It's like, but there's a, there, that, I think that's the other thing, too, is that, like, racism, sexism, it's not xenophobia. It's not a black and white thing. Mm-hmm. It's a multi-layered, very complex spectrum of a existence. good example of this is that BBC video that came out, if you haven't seen it, that BBC video, uh, the guy's getting interviewed and his kids bust into the room and it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And then this woman, she's Asian, comes in and like takes the kids out of the room and she's like crawling on the floor and it's really funny. So many people assumed because she's Asian that she was the nanny. But even she's though, his wife. But even though this guy lives in South Korea. Yeah. He lives in South Korea. So wouldn't your main assumption be like, why wouldn't he be married to a Korean woman? He lives there. Because Asian people are nannies. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just, like, a good example of, like, you might not be racist, but you thought that. That doesn't make you an asshole. I didn't actually these, think these about predile- it at all. These 
like preconceived notions that we have in our head yeah. dictate how we interact. Yeah. And I think that if we're, I think my, my like real trouble with talking about privilege with people is that it's not, the conversation is not meant to make people feel bad. It's meant to make people feel aware, people aware because mm-hmm. you can't fix a problem unless you know it exists. Mm-hmm. And the, people who can do the most work are the people who are the least oppressed. They just have more options. They have more ability. They have more um, say over things. Yeah. Right? And I think the important thing to know is that being aware is the most important thing you can do when it comes to your own privileges. And if somebody is trying to help you see that, they're not doing it because they want you to feel like shit. They're doing it because they want you to use that power and privilege mm-hmm. to help people. Because if you're aware of it, then maybe you won't be the type of, say you're in charge of hiring somewhere. Maybe you won't be the type of person that's like, well, I recognize this kind of name. This is probably a white person. I feel more comfortable hiring this person, even though this other person is just as qualified. Yeah. Or maybe more qualified. Or you read the name and you do read the rest of the resume, but the ra- the name that you read has already informed how you're interpreting so, like, another, you know, pretty simple way of managing something like that as somebody who's in charge of hiring would be to have blind sort of review of the applicants where you don't know their name, you just assign it a number. No gender, no race, no, you know, the only thing that's informing it is, like, the specific qualifications of, the, of that person on paper. And I think that's, like, a very basic starting point, you know? Yeah. Some people, I think, really just feel angry they get really defensive and angry when you talk about it it's like it's not your fault you didn't make this system that we live in you didn't create it but not doing anything to become more aware is just going to continue the way it is it's not going to change unless we do something about it unless we're aware of it unless we know what's happening and we can maybe try and mitigate some of the inequities and that's where where you hear people saying like oh affirmative action is such bullshit it's not the point is that people who are not white have fewer opportunities. They have fewer, fewer chances of succeeding, no matter how hard they work. There's just a ceiling for, for people who are not white that white people don't come up against, just like there's a ceiling for women that men don't really seem to come up against. So if you don't do something massive to try and tip the scales, then it just this system of constant inequality just continues, and people of color, people who are not from affluent families, people who are not from developed nations just don't have the chance to, to get to this successful place that, you know, people like us do, no matter how hard they work. And I think that's the most important part. It's not about how hard you work. In every culture, in every group, in every oppressed or non-oppressed group, there will be lazy people, there will be hardworking people. Yeah. That's not, it's got nothing to do with how hard you work. It's completely about social structures, that inform opinions that then influence what people allow you to do. Yeah. Because it's not about making your own way. Mm-hmm. There are exceptions, of course, and I th- that's another difficulty when you're talking to somebody about privilege is them citing all these exceptions. Exceptions don't explain the way the world works. No. They just don't. So that's like the weakest form of an argument, I find. Someone being yet, like, yeah, but... Uh, look at that one like guy who was like born in like a you know <sighs> or racism can't exist we had the states had a black president 
Yeah. Like, okay, so one guy, <laughs> one guy who's Half not black. white, one guy who's not white made it somewhere really powerful. But what kind of insane racism did that incite? <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't look at things like that in a vacuum. The reason we're probably in this position right now, we, I say we, them, whatever, the whole world, with Trump in power and how racist people are being is because we had a black president. Mm-hmm. Because that made people so angry that they were like, we need somebody so white and so privileged <laughs> to fix all this. It's like, man, there's so many different levels of privilege that you. everyone has privilege. Everyone has certain privileges. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are very few people who have none. There are people who have none. Mm-hmm. But everyone should be acknowledging what they have over other people, what what chances they get because of things that have nothing to do with their effort or their intelligence that are completely out of their control. Yeah. Well, like, a privilege that we have is that if, you know, one of us can't get pregnant, the other one can try. Yeah, we got two wombs. We got two wombs. But at the same time, we have to deal with, you know, not being recognized as Sterling's parents. Yeah. And we actually have both talked about this, and I think we talked about it more with, from your perspective because you were having the first baby, but there was a real concern from Angie's point of view, like, would my family treat our, her, her slash our, our baby, but the baby that she was having as much like their grandkid as they do their other grandkids? Mm-hmm. So far, there's been no difference. No, the only difference is that the, our situation is different we don't need your parents as much as your sister does or did. So yeah, there I mean, is there's like, like there's a distance. There's a distance there because we're not because we don't not live single, in the same city. We're not we're single not parents. Single we're not parents. teen parents. Exactly. Yes. There's a very big difference. Now, I now that it's like okay, we've had a baby. Ange was the one who carried it. It her. <laughs> now it's like okay. Now it's going to be my turn, and I'm legitimately concerned that your family is not going to treat the baby I have. The same way they treat Sterling. Yeah, but my family's stupid. (laughs) I know, but that's a real worry for me because I don't want the kids. It's like you can we can say whatever we want about your family. They're broken. They're messed up. They're whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't want our kids to feel to feel different. Yeah, to have resentments towards each other because of the way they're being treated. Yeah, and really, I think the main resentment would be from the kid I bear towards Sterling because Sterling is going to get I'm I'm pretty sure of it way more attention and affection from your family than than the baby I have will it can go one way or another because my mom just really likes kids and babies in general Mm -hmm. and I've seen her be very like with her friend Pam's daughter like all over that stuff Auntie Vicky lots of kids call her auntie or Aaron Nana Yeah. yeah she's always asking after my friend's children we'll have to see if that's how things work if that if Sterling gets treated better by your family and yeah I don't the other my baby. family can surprise me in both ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited I was just thinking about this I just went to feed the baby and came back I was just thinking about how excited I am to like go through the process again without being the person mm-hmm. get to experience the labor without doing it <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm gonna be such a good laboring partner with you. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to, like, have an inside understanding of what it's like. Totally. Yeah. I'm a little worried. Why? 
I don't know what it's going to feel like. I don't know if it's going to ruin my body. I don't know if I'm going to come out the same on the other side. I guess I won't, obviously, but I've been having some back problems, so I'm really concerned that I need to be in, like, the best shape I can before I get pregnant so that it's not even harder, I guess, mm -hmm. on my body. Yeah. Um, so those are some things that I've been thinking about. Yeah. But going back, fuck your back problems. Uh -huh. Going back to not being recognized as Sterling's parents. Mm-hmm. That happened to me the other day in the Gap. Yeah. And it was because I wasn't wearing her. She was like, oh, is this for her? And I was like, yeah. She goes, oh, this is just so great. Don't you love being an auntie? We just get to spoil them. And I was like, mm, yeah. And then she, she was like, oh, these, these are cute too. Talking about this pair of jeans and these blue shoes that we were buying that was also for Sterling. But mm -hmm. she assumed must have been for a boy baby somewhere else. Yeah, and it's funny because that same woman at the store had said to me, like, oh, how old is the baby? And she was, seemed very careful to not choose a gender. And so I was like, oh, well, that's really impressive. And then when I heard that she called you the auntie, I was like, ah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. One out of two. I mean, I wasn't, I don't think that that bothers me as much as it would you, mm. just because I have that biological connection, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how you take the other side of it but maybe it won't be as pronounced because we already had a kid together yeah I feel like I don't know or maybe I'm just more sensitive to it than that than you would be I don't know I feel mm -hmm. like don't yeah. open your eyes don't fucking do it you see that oh yeah oh fuck Anyway, we have another couple who is currently trying, and they're going to be sending in segments to our show, um, and it's going to be so awesome. Their story is super interesting. I think you guys mm -hmm. are going to be super into it. So that's going to be put into our next episode, um, and we will chat about it. We'll play it for you guys, and then we'll chat about it afterwards, and we'll get to know them a little bit better, um, just because we wanted to sort of keep the people who are out there who are trying relevant in this podcast, which was the original... Mm -hmm. purpose of the podcast was, you know, how do lesbians get pregnant? How um, do we feel less alone in this process? Because yeah. it can be very isolating and very confusing and lonely. Yeah, and we've sort of moved away from that. I mean, we're going to be trying again with Jackie soon, but mm -hmm. we wanted to sort of stay connected with the community. And this is a very interesting opportunity to get a, a different, an international perspective, yeah. right? It's not, it's not, they're not a couple from North America, so... And they're not a couple that is has the privileges that we do in terms of being completely out and accepted and protected. So it's a very different kind of story, which I'm really glad we have the ability to share. Yeah, and I'm so happy that they agreed to share their story with us. Mm -hmm. So uh, that'll be happening next episode, so definitely keep an eye on your feed for that. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to go and make sure that the baby's No, no, she's asleep. fine. She's fine. See, she has these moments where she does kind of wake up and then she just resettles. So we just need to expand on that. Yeah. If you have any tips, let us know, you guys. Yeah, we're not going to turn down anyone's sleep advice unless it's cried out. Yeah. Or from our parents, because everything they have to say is shit. Bye! Bye! Not the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mamas Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.